for professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Seven oh seven on CJD. Welcome to another season of fascinating business people here on CJD Monday nights at seven PM. This is today's entrepreneur. My name is Dan Delmar, and with me, as always, will be Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Welcome back, Josh. Great to be back. Great summer, Dan. So, uh, tell us what we have in store for us tonight. We have a very interesting business person uh, on the show. Today's entrepreneur tonight. Uh, I got to tell you, if there was a Webster dictionary with a picture for today's entrepreneur, our guest this evening would definitely be part of it. He's from a business, a family business, that the company's been around for almost 80 years, and we're going to love hearing this story. The name is Eddie Weinstein from Globe Electric, and Eddie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, let's jump right into it, and Eddie, you know, tell us a little bit about where Globe Electric is today, and kind of where it started and how it grew along the way. Interesting question. Um... The company started in 1932, corner of St. Lawrence and St. Vitor, across from Mrs. White's Pickles, <laughs> um, down the street from Walensky's. I started in 75 full-time, but my brothers and I started basically when we were born. I was born in 57, uh, Jerry was born in 56, Jack 62, and then Kenny later on, he's uh, 11 years younger than me, so... Do the math. Exactly. Did it always start with 68. you? 68. <laughs> Didn't start with you, though. There was. It started with my grandfather, and my dad was 18 at the time. They came in from Sherbrooke, Quebec in 46, and they bought the company. It was 14 years old. It was a little corner store, storefront in St. Lawrence Street. They worked together as uh, wholesale distributors, electrical products, appliances. Uh, they worked until 62, which would make it 16 years. My granddad passed away. He was 59. So my dad took over, uh, and he worked alone till the 70s when, when I joined in 75, and then soon after, Jerry joined, then Jack, and then many years later, Kenny did. Tell us a little bit about the business, what it is that you have done over the years, and why you decided to, to get into the family business and not go your own way. I guess I, I, I ventured many things when I was a kid. I sold t-shirts. I was in the coffee business. Um, I always had the entrepreneurial spirit. I guess I traded... Or, or I hustled playing cards back in the day. I think we used to buy a pack of uh, hockey cards and we'd start playing cocks and all the different games we played back then. And before you knew it, we had the we had the season and uh, we started trading, making a little money, et cetera, et cetera. So it started at a young age. Our dad used to bring uh, product home and we did assembly work. Uh, we were real child laborers. You know, they talk about trying to, you know, having child laborers. I think it all started. Back in Cote St. Luke, back in the day. A real family business. Uh, totally real family and community business. We had all our buddies over and cousins, and everybody worked for my dad. He was, uh, he was a guy's guy. He taught us all the, uh, I guess, the real lessons learned are the ones you learned back from your dad. And he had a work ethic. He had a, the values that him and my, my mom, I guess, created for us is, is really the uh, cornerstone and the backbone of my brothers and I in our business. How are values played a part, not just then, but certainly today, and, and does, that, does that permeate throughout the company and throughout the life, the life of Globe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, my brothers and I, our values are all the same, and uh, we attribute that to Mom, who's listening tonight. Hi, Mom. <laughs> and, um, of course, our dad, who passed away in 90. Um, I get very emotional when, when people ask me that, because 
the values that you learn at home usually stick with you for your life. And we can all go to school and we all can get educated. But the true education starts at home. Um, the value system that my brothers and I share are the same. And that's why we very seldomly fight. We will scrap, but we won't fight. So you do it in a healthy way. I mean, it, there must be tense moments when you're working with family day in and day out. Oh, it's all fun. Listen, <laughs> we're old uh, We're old scrappers. Uh, we love our hockey. We love our sports. Um, it's all for one, one for all. Uh, we're all after the same goal, and that's to just create a, a fantastic environment, to create a ever-growing company, ever-growing family, uh, create great... Uh, a great legacy, keep it going for our children and hopefully our grandchildren one day. Um, I think that's what it's all about for us. Do uh, with with you and your three brother, brothers, do you have separate roles? Do you step on each other's toes? How do you go about the decision-making process from day to day? Um, we all fell into our roles. I think if you, if, you know, if the guys that know us from way back, I mean, the way we were on the streets or in Wentworth Park in Cote St. Luke, you know, we all played our positions in our in our own way, and our personalities grew honesty, honestly. And I guess when we started working, we all fell into these roles uh, very honestly, and nobody gave us those jobs. So we all ended up in different areas of the business. We all complemented each other, and that's been the success. There's not two alike. As we say in Thailand, same, same, but different. Exactly. And from a philosophy standpoint, from running your business, you guys are pretty much on the same page. I mean, what is that business philosophy? Work ethic, team play, dedication, determination, the yes, I can attitude, constant improvement, raising the bar. You hear about this and you read about it everywhere. We live it. We believe it. We've been the David fighting the Goliaths. We were told by many, we can't. But we never believed that. We always believed in each other. We believed in ourselves. We had the, um, the support at home from our wives, uh, which today is just, you know, it's, it's just incredible. We're all happily married. We've been married, all of us, to the same wives. I just celebrated my 29th anniversary. Um, Jerry's 28. Jack's mm -hmm. coming on 25. Kenny is, he's just getting there. His kids are 10. I think he's married eight. No, kidding aside. <laughs> I think, you you know, you, you said David versus Goliath before, and after we come back from the next break, I think it's a great story to tell. It's an entrepreneurial company heading up against the big players in the electric business and the lighting business, and we're really looking to hear a little bit more about that David versus Goliath uh, when we come back. If you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at 514-790-0991. You can text a message to 514-800 for 25 cents. Uh, Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller from Full Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. This is today's Entrepreneur on CJD and our guest, Eddie Weinstein of Globe Electric. Again, 790-0991. If you want to join the conversation or if you have any uh, questions uh, for our entrepreneur this evening. And uh, right now it's 7.15. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
7.17 on CJD. This is Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. Our guest this evening, Eddie Weinstein of Globe Electric. And earlier, Eddie, we were talking about uh, that uh, David versus Goliath p- position that, you've, uh, that you had found yourself in. How was it to adapt to that situation and take on uh, major competitors and, and coming from um, a much uh, a tiny store, for example, and working your way up? Probably a lot of guts, very little brain. Uh, kidding aside, back in the 70s, I guess, is when the the packaged hardware uh, became part of the marketplace of today. Uh, in the old days, in the old, uh, say, on St. Lawrence Street, where there was a hardware store at every corner, you used to go and buy screws, for example, and they used to weigh them, put them in a bag. And um, what I remember is Sparpak at the time, they had screws in a bag and a blister. You used to buy them at Pascal's. Remember Pascal's? Some some of us absolutely do. Yes, I do not. <laughs> so um, oh, I do, and uh, they were they're great people, and they were they were great supporters of ours too. So it's too bad we lost another great great retailer over the years. But um, so that started the trend. Uh, my dad saw that trend in a show in New York in the seventies. Unfortunately, he didn't have, I guess, the wherewithal, the strength to do it. He waited till his boys got into the business. Again, I got in and. I joined in 75, almost 76, and we knew, or he knew at the time, that to be in control of our own destiny was something that we had to do. Being a middleman of somebody else's product and redistributing it to hardware stores was beginning to shut down. And maybe Pascal was a great example because they did their own importing, they did their own buying from the larger manufacturers, so that was a typical hardware chain that we were not allowed to sell to. So we were left with a smaller store, and at the end of the day, you're caught in between the supplier, manufacturer, and retailer. Once the retailer is big enough to buy direct, see you later. Mm-hmm. So he had that vision. We had the strength. We had the energy. We had the guts. So we started our own line of Globe Pack, it was called. That was early 80s, and I remember traveling the country and going to the biggest retailers in the country at the time and everybody gave me my appointment and they all loved the idea they just didn't like the program not that I knew what a program meant at that time I thought a program was on television and they also talked to me about merchandising that our product wasn't merchandised so I called my Garmento friends and asked them what is merchandising and what does a program mean and as a matter of fact what's a skew they asked me how many SKUs in the line. Well, a SKU is a stock-keeping unit. Well, I learned. I asked the right questions. got the answers. Came back from my trip out west. Sat with my brothers and my dad at the time. And I said, guys, it's not happening. It's not happening. We're just not merchandised right. We have no color. We have no sizzle. The program is not exciting. We thought if we can sell for cheaper, we would grow a business. Well, that wasn't the case. So we had a choice, and that was probably our greatest risk ever. It was either rolling it up and giving up and remaining a wholesale distributor of everyone else's products and building those manufacturers' businesses up or reinventing the wheel, which we did. So you're trying to say it's not just, it wasn't just about the product, the electrical product, the light bulbs and all that. It was the process that you had to learn and rebuild? We had to rebuild everything. We had to understand what we were doing first. And we learned the hard way. And we were told to go back 
reinvent yourselves, come back, and maybe we'll see you. But is that from a product standpoint, for from a business process standpoint, or a little bit of everything? I would say in those days it was a lot of everything. It was a lot of everything. But the lesson learned for, from our standpoint was, and this is what we try and share with our kids and all the young people that we just love being around, is don't give up. Believe in your dream. Just go back to the drawing board. Take that criticism wisely. Don't just don't take it personally and fight back. Accept it. And that's what we did. And we came out in 86 with full guns blazing. We went to the big national hardware show in Toronto. We had the last booth in the corner in the dark, booth number 501. Hmm. And the rest is history. So it sounds like you're taking a product and you're taking your re- revisioning that business model and looking ahead so that you can, as you say, hit out with guns blazing and be the David beating Goliath. I think when we get back from the break, we'll look at that business philosophy, that business model that is working so well for Globe today uh, and how it maybe could be applied not only to their product, but uh, to almost any business. 514-790-0991. If you want to chat with our entrepreneur for this week, Eddie Weinstein of Globe Electric, uh, you can text your messages or your comments to 514-800 for 25 cents or star talk, star 8255 on Bell Mobility. Today's entrepreneur on CJAD at 723. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. This is today's Entrepreneur on CJD, presented by Fuller Landau, a show about business people just like you who have managed to succeed after years of hard work. And our guest this evening, Eddie Weinstein of Globe Electric. And Eddie, before the break, we were talking about the David versus Goliath. And when you're deciding to take on Goliath, tell us about the products that you use to take on Goliath and where this little hardware store went from there. Well, when we launched in 86, we launched our first line of electrical products, sockets and fuses and household products, and we went up against Leviton. Now, Leviton, uh, my late granddad, he used to import Leviton products from New York. So this was one of our greatest suppliers. And I remember, it was February 9th, 1986, I called Dudley Mendels, he was the president of Leviton Canada, one of my great mentors back then, and I called him on the Friday, I said, Dudley, I gotta come to your office. He said, well, I'll see you in, in Toronto. I said, no, 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 I got to see you today. I wanted him to know that we're going to be competing. And I ran down to St. Michel Boulevard and I showed him the line. And he said, good luck, kid. <laughs> and the rest is history there. So we went up against the big Goliath, who's still, they're a huge company, a great company, based in New York. The Leviton family owns that company. And then a year later, we went into the light bulb business. Now, in 87, going into the light bulb business, competing with GE, to name a few, Phillips and Sylvania, to name another few. GE is probably, at the time, if not today, one of the greatest companies in the world. Now, what chance did we have to succeed selling light bulbs with the Globe name? So let's get into into Eddie's head a bit. What makes uh, a Montreal entrepreneur... Uh, look at a GE or a huge corporation like that and say, yeah, I can take you on. Three brothers. Starts with the four of us. That that power, um, that gives us power every minute of every day. Uh, the old fight me, fight my gang, you know, theory back in the park is relevant in business. It's nice to know you have a team. 
it's nice to know you're all rowing in the same direction. And it's also nice to have a foundation that our dad left us. Remember, he put in all those years. Nine out of every 10 cents he made went back into the bricks and mortar. So we had a little bit of a start. Mm-hmm. We didn't start from scratch. We had a beautiful building, 5400 St. Lawrence. It's a nice little building. And all that inventory was paid for. And he worked his butt off seven days and seven, you know, seven days, seven nights. My mother gave up a lot. My dad wasn't around. He was working. She was bringing us up. So, you know, it's nice to say what we did, but to have that opportunity is, is something that we're very grateful for. You know, it's interesting. There's a, there's a number of businesses out there that don't put enough emphasis on making sure their bricks and mortar are really up to standard. They leverage their businesses to such a degree where any little hiccup and or any little venture or you want to David take on Goliath and there's no power behind them. There's no strength behind them. And uh, it sounds like, Eddie, that, you know, you certainly, between you and your brothers and your family, learned that lesson extremely early, knowing that where does your strength come from to, to take on the world, if you will. It wasn't easy back then. I remember getting... My dad bought my brother and I, Jerry and I, Lenten Sport bikes. They were five speeds. A lot of my buddies were getting torpedoes, 10 and 15 speeders. I said, Dad, what's with the Lenten Sport? He says, when you figure it out, you can buy your own torpedo. That was a lesson learned, and and it remains the same today. My brothers and I, all of us, all of our families, live within our means. End of that story. And that, I presume, forms part of whatever business philosophy or business model to have kept the company going and keep those, I guess, coffers full for when you need it to, make, to help the business grow. Well, there's no question. I mean, we all, we all experience and we just come through the worst recession of our time. Um, if you don't have that foundation paid for, that foundation as solid as it should be, um, it's going to be a lot tougher times. So we've, we've come through very, very smooth because we don't live beyond our means and the company doesn't expand beyond our means. There's a lot of things we've wanted to do over the years. We just have to be patient. And patience is very difficult, especially when you're younger. And I think with that patience, you've learned how to go global in the right way and using the business model and with hundreds of thousands of partners and people around the world to help Globe grow into that global business. And I think when we get back from the break, we're going to attack there, or not attack, but discuss that business model and see how it's really helped you grow. Today's Entrepreneur on CJD, presented, presented by Fuller Landau. Our guest is Eddie Weinstein of Global Electric. You can always uh, join the conversation or uh, pick Josh's brain at uh, 514-790-0991. Star Talk, star 8255. That's free on Bell Mobility. And texting to 514-800. It's 7.30 right now on CJD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.32 on CJD. This is Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau. Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller. We can be heard most Monday nights at 7 p.m. And our guest this evening from Global Electric, Eddie Weinstein. And, uh, Eddie, we're, uh, part of the theme of the show is how you were David taking on Goliath, the giants in, in lighting like GE, for example. How did you guys expand? How did you guys compete at that level without uh, laying down the plastic, without uh, maxing out the credit cards? Jack went overseas. He was 24 years old. I was out selling the product. Jack had to source the product. How do you go to Asia and compete with GE? It's a good question. 
So the one thing we've always done, we've always kept our integrity in, intact. We never, ever, ever overpromised. And to this day, it's all about over-delivering. Don't overpromise what you can't deliver. So we sold our story and we sold our hearts to these huge, giant manufacturers, plants all over Asia. And I guess the ones that bought in on our story shared the glory because we've had partners for the last 20, 25 years, friendships, deep friendships, all on a handshake. They believed in us. And I guess that's how we were able to build the business because for sure we didn't have the volume. We could hardly even fill up a container. And you couldn't buy a container of a sorted product from one factory. So imagine. The story is, is so interesting. And you, you showed us this ad here from a trade publication from the 80s uh, that features the, the old storefront prominently. Uh, how do you sort of capture that sentimentality, but at the same time convince people that you are capable of going from the storefront to a global business? I remember being challenged back in 86 at that show. A big retailer came in and says, are you a manufacturer? I said, sure, we're a manufacturer. He says, here's my card. Come to my office. We'll let you know if you're a manufacturer. So the question back then was, what is a manufacturer? Today, we can ask ourselves the same question. Is Nike a manufacturer? Well, the answer is, is yes and no. So we're the same. We are a manufacturer. Because we don't have an actual machine in the back of our warehouse here in Montreal, does that make us less of a manufacturer? We discovered the outsourcing model back in the 80s. Then it must require, of course, a lot of logistics, a lot of management to, to take care of, ensure that supply chain doesn't have any hiccups along the way. It's funny you say supply chain. That is the hottest topic in the world today. That is the most important job. And supply chain is all the above. And what you have to be today is you've got to be great at everything, not good at something. Now, how can anybody be great at everything? But there's great companies that focus on just their own strengths. So we learned to outsource the non-core and focus on our core. So if a, if a, if a goal scorer is asked to play penalty killing, I mean, you're going to have failure. What would be some examples of your core versus non-core as you apply it to? Well, we grew up in the warehouse. We all shipped. We all hit our head on that basement on St. Lawrence Boulevard. We all went to the public warehousing. We all delivered. And we did that for 50 years. We realized back in the 90s that we don't know what we're doing. We're not warehouse experts. There are warehouse experts. So we outsourced all our warehousing. We don't have any product in Montreal. We have a warehouse as big as we want, as small as we want, in any country, in any city in the world. That's how we outsource. Do you get nervous by outsourcing? By, having that, by not having that storefront or that, that product uh, under, your, under your nose? Sleep like a baby. <laughs> and how do you sleep like a baby? I'm like a Blackberry. <laughs> I plug it in, I go to bed, I wake up, I'm recharged. Uh, kidding aside, the outsourcing model with the technology today. Uh, in the old days we grew up, the bank was our warehouse. We used to look in the back and clean the shelves. I remember my dad telling us, for the same price you can put the boxes straight. Because that was his money. That was his bank. But there's only so far you can expand with that model. How do you expand? Do you buy a new building? Do you lease it? What happens if you lose a customer? What happens if the customer goes to China or India? How do you contract it and expand it? So with that, we outsourced our warehouse. And today, we're outsourcing a lot of our non-core. And that's how we've become a global company. 
And I think one of the important things when we come back from the next break is having your own people on the ground being your eyes and ears for you and not just the outsourcing part. Today's Entrepreneur on a CJD presented by Fuller Landau. If you want to join the conversation or uh, get some advice from a great entrepreneur, Eddie Weinstein of Global Electric or Josh of Fuller Landau, 514-790-0991. Star Talk, star 8255 on Bell Mobility. And you can also text your comments to 514-800. So as we come back and we're talking about the, the important people behind, um, you got to have your right people on the ground. You got to make sure that, for example, you know, we're talking about Asia, there must be an aspect of quality control that I know many entrepreneurs and many businesses go through. Um, that, so your, your top people, your people really all around the world, got to have that level of expertise, knowledge, care for the business. So how, how does that come into play with Globe? Believe it or not, that core we insourced. The quality of our product, the value that the consumer the experience that the consumer has with our product is the most important part of our brand. So when it comes to QC, quality control, we have our own team QCing, and we have our own processes. And that's one core we do not outsource. Because at the end of the day, if your product fails, your brand fails. And as well on the logistics side of things, making sure your product goes from point A to point B, uh, you know, is that considered a core? Do you, do you find that outsourcing that part of the business is, you know, more advantageous for you. We only outsource the blue collar. We insource the white collar. Can you expand? Sure. The people that pick and pack and schlep, we outsource. The people that create the, the IT, the system, the control mechanisms, that's all insourced. So we control everything here from head office in Montreal. But we have warehouses in different countries. So the actual people working in those boxes, that's what's outsourced. The building, the premises, is outsourced. We don't have to worry about real estate. We don't have to worry about if we're going to have 10,000 feet or 382,000. doesn't matter. It's unlimited. If we find a customer and a customer wants to do business with us in Paris, France, we can have a box there next week. But you do got to think about people. You do got to think about the heads and the minds around the table and make sure that they're the ones that are going to execute and think forward. It's all about the people. It's all about the people in the process. And if you have the right process with the right people, the experts, and we, we give a lot of people great opportunity, but they better know their business because we don't know all our business. They're a lot smarter than my brothers and I. I can tell you that. We're very proud of our people, and we give them that opportunity. So if you take about logistics, we just hired a PhD in logistics. A PhD in logistics. I'm not a PhD. Jack's not a PhD. <laughs> I don't know if anybody in maybe this room my is kids, a PhD. Maybe our kids are PhDs. The papa has dough. Yeah. But we are always raising the bar when it comes to HR. Now, that doesn't mean that our people, that their neck is on the line every day. But the reality is, is that all of our necks are on the line every day. And that marketplace is stronger, more powerful than anybody. So we have to adapt, and we have to be one step ahead. And that's all about our people. We do not hire people within our industry. I was going to ask you, where do you find your people? Where do you, where do you, where's the best location to find your best people? I mean, if you look at the last few hires that you have. From your own people. From within. Within. We don't compete against lighting companies. We compete against 
consumer products companies. Global consumer products companies. That's who we're competing with. Now, in Montreal, we, it is a hotbed of talent. Quebec has the most talented people in the world. The only challenge is, is that we all have to believe in ourselves, that we can actually go out of this province, out of our city, out of the province, out of the country, and get it done. When I started selling, I used to sell in Montreal. I'd be home for late for dinner. Then I went to Ottawa, and I went to Toronto, I went to Quebec City. Now I tell the young people, the only difference between you and me is that now you have to get on a plane. And maybe you'll Skype for dinner. And you can do anything else on Skype, by the way, which I've been told. But not necessarily experience. That's a whole other family <laughs> show here, people. Family show. Uh, but let's talk about travel for a bit. You must have to travel a lot to, to build relationships both with clients and uh, with uh, with manufacturers. Uh, how important is it to forge those relationships so that you can trust people to to make your product, especially th- in, in maybe places like China? Well, I mean, if I can speak on behalf of, well, let's start with Jack and I, who really, uh, Jack was the operations guy. I was the sales guy. We... The two of us did a lot of traveling uh, to Asia, around the world, creating relationships. I did all my travel, creating relationships with customers and different business partners. I, I guess, me personally, I love people. I'm a people person. I enjoy it. Um, I, I, I believe in the interaction. I believe in the, uh, we say touchy-feely, but when you see somebody and you can have dinner with somebody or you can have a round of golf with somebody, and you can really get to know each other um, and really care about each other and listen to each other and develop those relationships. It takes a lot of miles and a lot of time and a lot of energy. But if you enjoy what you do like I do, it's not work. I mean, every day I'm away. Every day I'm on a plane. To me, it's, it's showtime. It's a, it's a holiday. We were talking about people before, and you say, you know, Quebec has some great people. Um... But we're also talking about entrepreneurs and controlling their own destiny, bringing the right people aboard, but making sure that you really control your own tomorrow. Again, we come back to the David and Goliath saying, I don't want to react. And yes, we have to deal with the market issues, but I think there's also a question of controlling your own destiny. Um, and I would just like to ask the question of Eddie, how do you control your own destiny? And we can bring it back to the product at hand, if you will, uh, and talk about the electrical, the light bulb, what's coming research and development for that matter because technology i'm sure plays a huge role in almost every business especially yours how do you take control of your own destiny well when you look at supply chain and you look at a lot of the products are being manufactured in asia mainly china where is the product being marketed so let's talk about north america if we're going to market our product in north america we've got to have product marketing people here in canada united states on the ground Understanding the market, understanding the consumer's needs and wants. Product development is in Asia. So we have product development and engineering in China. So the manufacturing is right near our product management, which is in mainland China. But our product marketing is here in North America. So we control the development, the creation, the need... We understand the want, then we create the product, we manufacture it at an outsourced facility, and voila, with the outsourced warehousing. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Well, it always sounds much more simple, but I, I think the important thing, and you give a lot of examples, is really taking control of your own destiny, looking forward, taking 
you know, scope of the market, what's around, what's happening, and creating that research and development, creating those locations that will drive the business forward. 514-790-0991. This is Today's Entrepreneur, a show about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. And our guest this evening, Eddie Weinstein of Globe Electric. 745 on CJD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.47 on CJD. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur. Uh, you can hear this program every Monday night, almost every Monday night, unless it's preempted by hockey, 7 p.m. Uh, Dan Delmar along with uh, Josh Miller of Fuller Landau and our guest this evening, Eddie Weinstein of Globe Electric. And Eddie, as uh, successful as you've been over the years, um, tell us about some of the mistakes that you've made and what, have, what you've learned from them because there's always, always uh, bumps on the road. Wow, I've made many. I just don't, I hope I don't make the same mistake twice. Um, we were taught that, by the way. Our dad told us, if we do make the same mistake, same mistake twice, he'll kill us. He didn't really mean that. And your he, mom, by the way, called in uh, off off the air, and she says she says hi. She's, hi, mom. Uh, I, I think I already said hi, mom. You're, you're on record as saying hello, so you're yeah, good to I go. Yeah, was, I was in the radio jail when I was interviewed at the Blackhawk game last Halloween. I said hi to my wife, the kids, and some friends, and my Aunt Evelyn called me the next day and said, you didn't say hi to mom. So I love you, mom. So tell, tell us about your mistakes, and maybe uh, maybe mom has pointed some of them out for you. Wow. I guess the greatest business mistake I made, or we made, um, I got into an exciting deal in Cuba. A real exciting deal. This is a book. This is a story. And, you know, you can say what you want about the country. There's been a lot of bad, and there's been, I guess, a lot of good. The, uh, the healthcare system is fantastic. There's 300,000 doctors there. I'm not here to promote Cuba. They have some great cigars um, and some wonderful people, and it's a beautiful island. But we were awarded in January of 98, about 15 minutes before the Pope was on CNN, and you saw Fidel sitting next to the Pope. Well, the guy next to, the Pope, next to Fidel was the Minister of Energy. He had just signed with me, or I signed with him, a $30 million energy-saving exclusive contract. And we beat, I think, about 35 different companies amongst Sylvania and Philips, mm -hmm. GE, from Spain, from South America, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I thought I was being yelled at, and he was just so excited, the minister, and he was telling me, you're the best, and your product's the best, this, that, whatever. The bottom line was that poor old Jack, my brother, had to go to Asia nine times that year to actually source the product, manufacture the product. But it was a real Mission Impossible story. We did it. We created it. The LC started coming in. We started shipping. We had the manufacturing going. So it was a, you're talking about supply chain. Goods are being made. They're shipped to Canada. They're offloaded. They're in our warehouse, repacked and sent down to Cuba. The second check came. The third check came. Then they stopped coming. What do you do? We were caught in between. What do we do? We have the product made exclusively for Cuba. The product is it's antiquated, an electrical system from back in the 40s. We're now in 1998, 1999. We can't hold them hostage because they'll tell us what to do with the product, and we couldn't eat the product. It didn't taste too well. Couldn't ship it to Walmart or Canadian Tire Rona. What do you do with the product? So what did we do? So we sat around, and I, I did the deal on gut and vein and trust, and I guess we made a decision to continue. And we shipped the three millionth piece at $7.25 US and $1.40. That was a big deal. 
They owed us $10 million. We get a call from the bank. Those are the calls that your dad tells you. Don't ever put yourself in that position. Mm-hmm. We were unsecured. I'll never forget that lunch. Don't ask the question if you don't want to hear the answer. Well, we held on, we held on, and I went down a couple of times, and lo and behold, I had a late 3, 3.30 in the middle of the night, Fidel showed up, and I was with my associate, who I trusted, and I went with on my gut and vein, and at the end of the day, we got that check. So the veins were right, the intuition was right, the check was cashed, and then I fell. And the heart was pumping as Fidel walked into the room. <laughs> well, he wasn't in Montreal when I went to the bank, and I never go to the bank to deposit. I did that back on St. Lawrence Street back in the 70s, and I've since never done it because I, it's not something that I enjoy doing. So but I you, took that check. But what did you learn from, from that episode? <laughs> Interesting question. I'm and not would, sure. <laughs> would, you make, would, you, would you make that leap of faith again today? Um, I, I, you know, we, re, we constantly replay it, you know, not constantly, but the odd time, social event, and sit around with some friends and talk and family get together and talk about it, replay it. We were caught in something that it's so hard to, I guess it's very, it was very hard for us to imagine that the LCs wouldn't stop, would stop coming in. When everything was above board, we had the order with an LC and the promise of the LCs, we had no reason to doubt them. We had done business in Cuba for the last three, four years. I was very well, um, integrated into the the right people they were i call them friends they checked us out they knew we were good people um they were sold on the story as well they were sold on the story believed they believed in us they believed in me i was always there i was there for them i I, you know i seen stories where people came to cuba and were escorted out because they weren't honorable well you said before reputation is huge for your business for yourself so hopefully that played a role as well. Well, I think at the end of the day, that's all we take with us. It's all we have is our integrity. You can have the fanciest car and the biggest home. I don't think it really means much. I think I think there's great lessons to be learned there. And when we get back from the break, Dan, uh, I know that there's another interesting lesson that, that Eddie took away from, uh, from a large customer. And we'll hear his thoughts uh, about what today's entrepreneur should do. 514-790-0991. Today's Entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau and our guest this evening, Eddie Weinstein of Globe Electric, 754 right now. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Today's Entrepreneur is back. Parting thoughts with Eddie Weinstein of Globe Electric. And Eddie, you've had some interesting experiences with uh, certain mega retailers. Yeah, I remember when Walmart came into Canada, they bought Wilco, and I was brought into a meeting to meet what my sales guy said, the toughest guys ever met. I walk in the meeting, the guy looks at me, and he's got the lips going, and he was an ex-military sergeant, and he says, we're going to teach you how to sell us for cheaper, and you're going to make more money. And I left the meeting, and I looked at my sales guy, I scratched, we scratched both of our heads and both of our derrieres, and couldn't figure it out, but it took us 24 hours to figure it out. Increase your efficiencies so you can sell lower, you'll make more money. That's what supply chain is all about. So if you had a piece or two of wisdom to give today's entrepreneur, Eddie, what would that be? Make decisions. Sweep on next. Lafleur's they do it every minute of every day. <laughs> make decisions. Don't be scared to make decisions. And the most important thing I tell everybody, my advice is do 
Find your passion. Everybody has a passion. Do what you do. You'll never work a day in your life. And I'm seeing maybe some uh, some well-timed aggression in some cases? Oh, not aggression. I wouldn't say aggression. I'd say attitude, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'd say go for it attitude. But, you, you know, be aggressive. But I don't know if you want to call it aggression. Not in the negative sense. As a, you know, as a, um, as a way to, uh, to push the envelope, I guess. Just go for it. But if you love what you do, you're going to go for it. That's the passion. When you get home, you're not going to look at a paycheck. You're going to look at yourself in, in your eyes when you're brushing your teeth and say, hey, I did the best I could today. I believe in what I am. I believe what I'm doing, and I love it. And I can't wait to get up tomorrow morning and go at it again. Parting thoughts, Josh Miller? Uh, I think, you know, there's so many to take away, so much to take away today. David versus Goliath. It doesn't matter what size entrepreneur you are. You just have to have the right attitude and go for it. It's make your decisions, surround yourself with the right people, and don't be afraid to make that decision. Don't be afraid to do what you love to do. Be David, and every David will beat every Goliath with those thoughts. Eddie Weinstein of Globe Electric, thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you. And Josh Miller, as always, from Fuller Landau. Thank you, Josh. Their website, flmontreal.com, and you can reach them at the office, uh, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, 514-875-2865. We're back with another edition of Today's Entrepreneur on October 4th. Ryan and Tarek are up next, 8 o'clock news on CJD.